0: It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Trax Power Sports. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on
1: KSL News Radio. Welcome back. We're headed down the home stretch, final half hour, and I didn't want to wrap up without uh, getting a little more detail because we were fairly limited with uh, the access. To the guys while they were on the river last week, the guys and gals, there were 17 of you, right, Navi? That's correct, 17. I was the old guy. Big bunch. Uh, By the way, thanks for that video. You mentioned it briefly, that video of the the bear encounter that you had while you were floating by. That was great.
2: (laughs) Well, um, I'm sitting here looking at my phone, and somebody, well, one of the persons on our trip, I didn't notice, filmed me going down that slide with the raft. Oh, Really? Yeah, so you can see how hard it is to enter the river. <laughs> I would love to see that. Yeah, it's on my Instagram. I mean, Mike Navadomskis. People who don't know my name is Mike.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: right. Mike Navadomskis, and there you are.
1: <laughs> yeah, for those that uh, have not seen the video, and I haven't posted it yet, but I do want to put it on our uh, our Facebook. Uh, I bring it up the bear thing because one of those that was along with you, a buddy of uh, of Mickey's, actually is in the bear business, isn't he? Yes. <laughs>
2: He works for the state of Montana. He's the, uh, I don't know, apex predator biologist. He he basically does the grizzlies, checks on their health, collars them, tracks them.
1: I bet he had stories to tell on this trip every night, didn't
2: he? You know, no, because no, nobody has any room when I'm talking.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that's no, what Gail was supposed I'm to kidding. do, was keep you in line.
2: I'm kidding. No, he was a, a more of a quiet man, but I did have a good discussion with him about, you know, the process of capturing these bears so they can, you know, test them and and how you do it. And he he told me a lot of stuff. It was pretty interesting.
1: That's cool. And then his wife is a fish biologist, if I remember right. Right, right.
2: She actually did her master's at Utah State, but she did her Ph.D. at Montana State, and she is a fish biologist. She just finished a big uh, study on the paddlefish. of uh, the Missouri, which are still there.
1: One thing we did not get much of a chance, and uh, Russ, I don't think you've had a chance unless you got online to listen to the segments uh, this past week. We didn't get a chance really because we lost our connection to talk much about the fishing, although both you and Mickey said it was better than advertised.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, everything I read about this river, going way back when I was a young man, Fishing's very mediocre. You can catch a few in the tributaries. But not, you know, it was exceptional. And I think the reason why it doesn't get that kind of a reputation is because the kind of people who go to this river are whitewater enthusiasts. They're really terrible anglers if they angle at all. And I think that's the reason. And we had the opposite scenario. We had some... Rabid fly fishermen who <laughs> be, were going to try to pre, do the whitewater, pretending
1: to be whitewater yeah, rafters. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. The the guys I know, Mickey and Finn, were hoping to be able to uh, to find some bull trout. I guess that didn't happen.
2: No, though. We caught six. Oh, you did. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we were only throwing dries, and bull trout their forage is not dries. In fact, um, Yusuke Yamanaka, which is Mickey's friend that, from Japan, from Tokyo, he was on my boat, and, of course, he loaded up with fish because I'm rowing, right? Yeah. And so what happened to him? Hang on, the TV came on, Roy.
3: Oh.
2: <laughs> uh, anyway, so he's bringing in about a 17-inch cutthroat, right? And then all of a sudden he goes, there's two, and sure enough, there was one chasing, and it was a 25-inch bull trout wow. who bit his, bit onto his cutthroat and he was fighting both of them for a while.
1: No, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, did yeah. were, did you have all the right equipment for what you needed? The the rafts and everything work out okay.
2: Yeah, and and the Groovers weren't that bad. You know, I, I mean, I was feeling groovy every morning at the right time. And, <laughs> yeah. And we put them in places that had amazing views. Yeah. But but they all put them on my raft. You know, the old man. Uh, what's he good at? Well, duct tape specialist. <laughs> And tying, um, I use ropes. I bring all my ropes. They have these straps, I don't know. I use ropes and I tie everything down. And for whatever reason, I got all the, the groovers, but they didn't want them to tip over. So I, I tie them well. I mean, like, I tie everything down with all my knots. I was doing my knots everywhere. And I found out that's all I'm worthy now. It's just.
1: Well. My take was that they knew you already smelled bad. They might as well give you the groovers as you head down, head down the river. Russ, do you have any actual groover experience in your life running rivers? Uh, yeah, I mean, sitting I on do. an actual groover? Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. I, I, a couple of floats I had to use groovers. We were floating down the green, headed down to Desolation Canyon on the flat section of the green, and we're rolling down, and there's there's camps along the way, and we could see this young lady, probably in her early teens, behind the bushes, and all we saw was from her shoulders up, mm-hmm. and and we didn't had no idea that she was on a Groover, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. and bunch of guys, it was scouts, like four boats of scouts going down the river. <laughs> nobody nobody they just kind of waved and kept going. She waved back, and as we came by. A roll of toilet paper rolled down the beach.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Telltale sign. We
2: we didn't say a word.
1: Here's what I learned from my run down Cataract Canyon many years ago, uh, Navi, is Ah. there, there is no ammo box big enough, really, to make it comfortable.
2: Well, that's true, yeah. Yeah, it was better than I thought. And speaking of Desolation Canyon... A lot of people don't know this, but my wife, Gail, worked for Western Rivers, and she was a guide for a number of summers on those river runs, and she's a very capable rower, but she said it was a little too powerful for her, the current was just too tough, and you have to switch back and pull. It was just a lot of, it's like a jigsaw puzzle getting down these rapids, and it was rapids she wasn't used to. They're not Cataract or Desolation Canyon rapids.
1: Well, and you sent me yeah. a video of people that uh, didn't navigate it well, and some of those, yeah, I think I'd get out and walk around and let somebody else do the work. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know, we all found them challenging and, and really fun and exciting, but you, it was very, very technical rowing. I mean, you had – you like – they say, what's the beta? Which the kids say? I don't know. It means Intel or something. Shh. But what yeah. they do is the beta on this. Enter center right. Move left quick. Yeah. Go down right tube. Hard right to the other side. I mean, that's what they all are. And Basically, I kind of get to them, and I stand up, and I have a look, and I go, hold on, baby. <laughs>
1: I don't know the beta. I'm just going. She's (laughs) she's trusting of you. Becky gives me that same trust when she gets on the back of the motorcycle with me, so uh, I can appreciate that. Wasn't Drew standing on the rock sort of screaming out the uh, directions to you as you came through?
2: What, did you get that on video or something? No, you
1: told me. I thought you told me something about that.
2: Uh, Well, I don't know what I told you, but I do know that Mickey and Drew went under... They flipped on early morning, day two, and she was pretty traumatized because I, I, you know, the radio call came out. Mickey Drew tipped. So I I put my raft out in the middle of the river and I saw her coming at me. She was first, and she had a terrible look on her face. She was not enjoying this. Yeah. And and anyway, so I was going to go get her, but one of the kids, pretty talented little athlete, threw one of those ropes, literally clear across, and she grabbed on and they drug her out. And then I was able to stop their raft, which was upside down, and when we turned it back over, both oars were broken in half. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Yeah, we used my walking stick and four tent poles and a whole lot of duct tape.
1: That <laughs> huh. MacGyver. We saw right. some of that when we, we made go. our trip down the Connect Talk in Alaska. Yeah. Uh, I just love hearing these stories. And uh, to know that you did it with uh, your boys and your wife there, j- just fantastic. Glad everybody made it back. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. we got to take a break because when we come back, we're going to hopefully check in with uh, Roger Egger from Bear River Lodge, sponsor of this program. And we'll wrap up the week, so stay right there.
0: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home.
1: KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. All right, as we get ready to wrap up the program this week and turn things over to Tana Maria for another edition of the Greenhouse and the continued countdown to Big Twelve Cougar football with uh, Mitch and Matt coming up at noon today. I need to check in with Roger Eggett from Bear River Lodge and just to give a little, you know, insight on what happens before we start to uh, chat and record for our segment here on the air. Roger and I spend a matter of I don't know, sometimes 15 20 minutes chasing our tails trying to figure out what we talk about what we talk about that day. And since it's going to be triple digits for three state or four straight days here this week and what does he want to talk about? Winter. <laughs> All right, I'm hanging on your every word hoping you can bring some cooler air with just talking about it. Good morning, Tim. And so when you said, what do you want to talk about?
3: I want to remind you that we're we're melting away in this heat. Five weeks ago, the Mirror Lake Highway was closed because it was snowpacked. Isn't that
2: something? This is
3: a, that's incredible. Five weeks ago, we had too much snow on the Mirror Lake Highway to yeah. drive
1: it. Well, and here's the oh other thing. Goodness. If you start looking ahead and, you know, looking at averages, which I know averages have been way out of bounds here. Uh, for conversations when it comes to weather in Utah and around the rest of the country. But if you start looking at averages, the first snowfall actually for the new season is only probably eight weeks away, something like that? I can tell you this. Of my 26
3: years of Bear River Lodge, more than a handful of times we've had snow in September. So we're only a month away from snow. <laughs> you
1: know, it is crazy. I know. Uh, but when you talk winter, you, of course, are talking about snowmobiling. And uh, I can't believe you're even doing that. But w- what's on the front of your mind today?
3: Well, we were out in the yard. You know, we're trying to we, – we buy brand-new equipment every year. So we buy over 100 pieces of equipment, snowmobiles, side-by-sides, ATVs snow bikes everything we were out moving the snowmobiles this week and i thought oh my goodness we might be getting these out in eight ten weeks you know to go snowmobiling Mm -hmm. and it's just so funny and we're 100 degree weather but with the new cabins that we have these big seven bedroom cabins we need to let people know now hey if you want to get a big group together for winter now is the time to do it we're already taking reservations for this winter but it was kind of hit me funny that we're taking reservations for next summer already People are booking these large groups six months, eight months, ten months, twelve months in advance. So, if you want to put together a group to come snowmobiling, now is the time. Get on the calendar and get your get your schedule together, and let's get you a group and get you out on the snow because it is fun and it is coming.
1: Boy, that is such a great point. And as a matter of fact, we're recording, by the way, truth of advertise or in advertising here. We're recording on Friday, which we usually do for uh, your enjoyment to listen as live here on Saturdays. But uh, we were talking on Utah's Morning News this morning about the fact that so many people are traveling. Like, it's crazy the number of people. And you just got back from a flight down to L.A. But I haven't been on a flight to or from any of the glory events in, uh, in Europe that have not been full in both directions. So it makes sense that people are making their plans now to make sure that they don't run into uh, a lack of reservation space or a lack of flights or a lack of machines. It is time to start thinking ahead. Cause I think this pent up uh, desire to get out and be active in things they missed through the pandemic is really going full speed.
3: Yeah. You know, and the out of staters are coming to Utah truly. And I know most of our listeners here are, are locals, but uh, today we checked out side-by-sides to a big group from Connecticut. Tomorrow, A group from California has every single cabin we have available. I think they're taking 12 of the 18 cabins tomorrow, a group from California. So people are traveling into the state and enjoying the outdoors. We need to get up into the UNS and enjoy them. They're spectacular.
1: Yeah, it's crazy because you could actually be at the cabins. If you live along the Wasatch Front, you could be at the cabins in about the amount of time it takes a California bunch to fly in here uh, from L.A.
3: Oh, yeah, or less. An hour and a half from downtown Salt Lake and you're up in the U.N. And that's this group from Connecticut called me. They're working at Hill Air Force Base. and They said, hey, we want to go riding. Where can we go? I said, come up. We're only an hour and a half from hour and 40 minutes from Ogden. You can be here. And we we spoke on Wednesday and they came up today about a big group of contractors and they're out enjoying the beautiful outdoors. They're going up to Elizabeth Ridge and they're going to Lim Lake and Lily Lake and Just going to have a spectacular day on the machines. And if you haven't done that, and if people haven't enjoyed the Uendas and the Mirror Lake Scenic Byway, they need to get up here because it is absolutely spectacular. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, I'll bet it is. And we were talking about all that precipitation. That's really made those meadows beautiful up in the Christmas Meadows area, I am sure. You may not know the answer to this, but do you think you're going to be renting um, snow bikes again this year?
3: Yes, we already have our order in. So snow bikes are so much fun, and if people don't get it, we get the Yamaha YZ450FX. So it's a big uh, supercross bike, basically. Take the wheels off, put a ski on the front and a snow track on the back, and you just get to go plow through the snow and have fun on those. They are a lot of fun, and people... We get the same groups coming back now year after year. I think we've run them for four or five years, so they are popular and they're fun to do.
1: One, well, you'll be popping the wheels off of things like the Defenders, or is it the Commander, and putting tracks on those too?
3: Yeah, the Defenders. And that's, you know, getting old, that's my favorite. The six-passenger Defender, we take the wheels off, put on the tracks. They're brand new when we put the tracks on them. They have heaters. They seat six people. They have bench seats so you can slide in. You know, I take my mom and dad. You know, my dad in a wheelchair, but we slide them in on the bench seat. I take all my grandkids and put them in there. They have heaters, windshield wipers. It's just like driving a fancy car right downtown. So those are so much fun to get out and enjoy the winter in.
1: Well, uh, you took us straight from the 100-degree heat of summer to the uh, cold of winter, but one of my favorite times to be up there actually is in the shoulder seasons, and uh, the best of the best is coming up this fall with the changing colors and things, so let's not forget about that. But they can get information on reservations uh, on all of those times by just going to the website.
3: Yeah, go to com, and you are right. Come up in the fall. The animals are back. We've seen moose, elk, deer, and even antelope the last couple of weeks, so it's fun.
1: All right. You know, I feel better already. Uh, it's actually cooler now since we talked about winter, I think. Anyway, <laughs> we'll try and make the best of it. Roger Eggert, speaking of the best, the best of the best humans. Thanks for uh, your time again today, buddy. Thank you, Tim. Have a great week. You too. All right. Uh, Greenhouse coming up next. Enjoy the next uh, three hours with Tana Maria, helping to uh, keep all things green from going yellow in all this heat today. I'm back Monday morning starting at 5 with Utah's Morning News. Amanda Dixon will be along by my side, so look forward to having you join us then. Have a great weekend, everybody.